0: A safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. This is Soccer 101 with Michelle Smallman and Moon Valjean. Welcome into Soccer 101. This is the safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle Smallman. Our other host, Moon Valjean, is with us. Moon, what's going on? How you doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. I had uh, it's it's been a heck of a, a couple weeks here in in the soccer world, and not only with the inaugural match here at uh, at City Park with St. Louis City SC. Uh, But also with the World Cup kicking off, and I had a couple of great shows in my rock and roll band on the East Coast in uh, Jersey and Baltimore. So it's been busy, 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 and I'm getting ready for the holiday. How about you?
0: Same thing. I feel like there's soccer news every single day, whether it's the match that just happened, as you mentioned, the kit was unveiled, which we're going to talk about our opinions of what the new STL City SC kit looks like, World Cup action. We have news about Ronaldo. It feels like there's a... So much soccer stuff happening every single day.
1: Definitely a lot. Again, we're going to try to keep it simple because this is a safe place for St. Louis to learn about soccer. So we're going to give you kind of like the, the quick hits. There is so much happening that uh, we could get into and I don't I don't want to feel like we're leaving out, uh, you know, some of the guys that were playing on the City 2 team that got contract options, exercised and made the first squad. So we'll, we'll get into them later and name them by name and talk about them as assets to our team. But I just want to start that off for the diehard St. Louis City people that are like, hey, you didn't talk about our, our new midfielder. I was getting an email a day about these these kids that were getting brought up to the first team. So congratulations to them. We'll get into that stuff later.
0: Well, first things first, let's go back to a week ago. I interviewed Lutz, Fawn and Steele last week for the pod. It was so great to talk to him. But we talked to him on the eve of the inaugural match at City Park. And Moon, I don't know if you were there. I don't know if you have any insights, but you're in St. Louis. I'm here in New York. So can you just give me your impressions of what the vibe was around St. Louis heading into that match and afterwards?
1: Uh, The vibe was extremely excited. It was electric and it was a very, very, very cold evening. A lot of people (laughs) were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's so many people going down there. But it was sold out. It was absolutely packed. And yes, it was freezing. It was like American football, a uh, uh, Green Bay Packers sort of like people bundled up, but I'm telling you, everybody had a great time. Now we were really looking out for the functionality of the stadium. We've seen it; it's beautiful when it's empty. It looks so open and easy and airy and absolutely gorgeous. Now I was not able to make it down to the stadium for the uh, for for the match in person because i had rehearsal but while i was rehearsing i had two computer screens with it up because it was on espn plus and i'll tell you what even from the television perspective it looked beautiful it looked Mm -hmm. packed it was so loud the audio i mean it was beautiful i was watching professional soccer on tv that was happening in my hometown with a home club that in itself was amazing. But then on top of that, I've watched thousands and thousands of matches from a, a, a couple dozen different countries. And even through the TV, you could feel the energy. You could hear the sounds. You could hear the the supporter section, you know, behind that goal that we've talked about angled as steep as it could be for mm-hmm. that wall of sound. You could hear it the entire time. You could hear the drums. You could hear the chants. It seemed like this team has been together for 80 years. It really really came through on TV. And then when we were talking about it on the Rizzuto show the following day, we had a lot of people checking in saying this was my experience. And even though there was a a technicality or a flaw here and there with maybe some of the food lines or whatever, everybody's impression that went down there was, wow, that was amazing. Glowing reviews. I think everybody gave it like an A minus or a B plus for its first go around. And that's impressive.
0: Yeah. I obviously didn't get an opportunity to go there since I'm in New York, but everybody that I spoke to that was their moon was blown away by the stadium. They were absolutely blown away. And and like you mentioned, it was freezing cold and it's a soft launch. It's just like a restaurant. There's, yep. you know, they're going to work out all of the issues and the kinks. That's the point of having a friendly like that so that the stakes aren't necessarily as high. But everybody I spoke to could not believe how gorgeous the stadium was, how amazing the food options were, the technology like we've spoken about where it's all touchless or you can order through the app. I I just truly think that even though eventually the luster will uh come off the stadium a little bit and we'll be more focused on the club and the results i think at least for the first year or two the stadium is going to be the
1: star absolutely yeah it was exciting and like you said everybody that went through it was a soft opening just like you mentioned that's a great way of putting it so with a soft opening getting a b plus and a rating and everybody being uh impressed and excited I'm so happy. I can't wait till mid season next year and everything is just rocking and rolling.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, in addition to the soft launch of the stadium and the first friendly with Bayer Leverkusen, we got the first kit. It came out. It's got that city red color as the base. There's the Navy and the yellow accents and the piping. Uh, there's an homage to the St. Louis city flag that's on there. And of course has the Purina sponsorship on the front. And then you have the city patch on the corner. So moon, tell me what your impressions are of the, Kit from a fashion standpoint. Do you like it?
1: Um, yeah, I'm a snobby guy with kits because I like to buy <laughs> as many kits as I can and uh and I want to look good. You know what I mean? Like we all want to look good. So not only do we want to rep the teams that we that we like, but we want to look great. And when you have a crummy, crummy jersey like Liverpool has uh many, many times in the last couple of decades, and I hate Liverpool, but I have a lot of Liverpool friends that when a jersey came out and which did about a decade ago that was just absolute garbage, they bought it. But they never wore it. So when you get a bad jersey, man, it's it's a bummer. It's a real bummer, but this thing came out, and I will say it is nice. Like you said, it's the city red. It's that it's that uh, that razzmatazz kind of bright, intense city red color. It's got the Purina sponsor on the front, BJC on the sleeve, Apple TV on the other sleeve. It's got the 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 St. Louis City crest right there, the City SC crest. The badge goes on the left breast, where all the MLS teams will have theirs. The Adidas stripes on the top are that blue, and the sleeves and the bottom on the official jersey have that blue and yellow piping and I really really appreciate the yellow piping now if you get the replica jersey it doesn't come with that it doesn't have the blue or the yellow piping right there still has the yellow stripe down the side but not the piping on the bottom or the sleeves and I honestly I'm a replica guy like go for the replicas you know because they're usually like 80 bucks cheaper and all that but I will say this official jersey really does look 100 times better than the replica because of that piping it does make a difference for me I give it a B or a B minus and I'm only saying that because i wished it was something a little bit more intense the bars the hoops or the checks but overall this is a really really good jersey especially for a team that didn't exist long ago this is a great first launch, and I can only see it getting better from here. It does have an homage to the arch. If you hear me say that, you're probably looking for an arch. That's not what you're looking for here. On the right half of the jersey, it's got this kind of like shaded uh, check pattern, and that is to represent the panels of the arch. If you know what I'm talking about, if you've been down to the arch, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen pictures of it gleaming in the sun, it's got these big steel uh Uh, panels that reflect slightly differently. That is what you're seeing on the right side of the Jersey. And it's cool. It's cool. It's a, it's a great idea. It's clever. You have to explain it to people, but it's cool.
0: Yeah. It's that geometric pattern that's on the right hand side. Like you mentioned, I'm going to give it an a minus moon because I love the city red color. I love that. It's a unique color to this club. And when you see this color, you know exactly what it represents because no one else has it. And I think that's really special. And I think, based on the parameters with which they were given to work, that they did a really, really good job because you do have to get in so many logos and different labels. And I think they were able to accomplish that without making it look too cluttered. And I just love, love, love the yellow piping. Like to me, that's what takes it from getting into the B category up until the A, because I think that yellow just really pops and makes it look very cool and special. And I love that it's a nod to the history of St. Louis while trying to keep it modern as well.
1: The other thing to look out for is this is just the jersey. We don't have a full kit here, meaning shorts socks. Uh-huh. I'm really interested in seeing what they do with that. I know we're talking a little fashion-y here for soccer, but but I would love to see the the dark blue be the shorts and the yellow for the for the socks. That oh. that would be interesting. Now I'm not a fashion designer here, so maybe that would be awful. Uh but that's kind of what I'm hoping for is something that just kind of bangs out there and and pops, like you said, with uh, with the yellow. But overall, yeah, good jersey. Well done.
0: And I think it's going to be so cool when you're out around downtown St. Louis seeing people wear their city colors. And, you know, I would drive around St. Louis moon we and see so many people with city flags outside their house or city bumper stickers and people be wearing scarves out. And now I just think it's so cool that we have another thing that people can incorporate and, and show their pride for this club.
1: Yeah, the other thing, just a note: um, if you're if you're getting your first jersey here, uh, I had I got I got a large, and it's slightly larger than most uh, large jerseys that I've gotten before. And here's the other difference that you may notice: these are noticeably thinner jerseys. Why? Ooh. I suspect it's because the MLS is a summer league, and remember, the leagues over in Europe typically start in August and go through the winter. So these are thinner, much cooler temperature-wise, much cooler jerseys to wear. So just just know that.
0: Okay, that's a good tip because I feel like most people would assume that they run small. So good to know that they run a little bit larger.
1: Yeah, it got a looser sort of 90s fit to it and it's and it breathes really, really well.
0: Well, we've gone over what's happening with City right now, but there's so much else happening in the soccer world right now, Moon, notably the World Cup, which is the most important sporting event worldwide. Have you been watching the World Cup and what are your impressions so far?
1: I have been watching uh, as much World Cup as I can. It has been really exciting. Remember, if, if you're just being introduced this this has been a perfect time for st louis folks to just get introduced to soccer because you got a freaking world cup that you get to watch in the coming months up to our first season here so take the opportunity see some of these matches even if you think it's a country that's really small and nobody's talking about them in the in the favorite five or any of that kind of stuff watch these guys these guys are on the world's biggest stage this is the time where unheard of guys can be on the on the first team of their small country, representing their country, be an absolute hero, get a giant contract and become a superstar in the Spanish leagues or in the MLS or in the English Premier League. This is a dream come true for any player out there. So you're seeing the best of the best put on the best show that they can in their life and career. So see as many games as you can. I've been watching. Have you seen any?
0: Oh, absolutely. I've been watching as much as I possibly can. And even teams that you might overlook like Saudi Arabia moon can upset Argentina which they did the overwhelming favorite the the club that came in not only with the you know arguably the biggest star and Lionel Messi but a team that was highly favored to win everything Saudi Arabia coming in I think they were 48 or 49 places below Argentina in the world rankings and they come in and upset them two to one so that's what's so cool about this is it's just kind of like March Madness where there's an underdog
1: that can emerge yeah that's one of the parts of this game anything can and does happen it always starts at zero zero there's so much strategy involved there's so much luck involved sometimes and there's so much energy involved you think about saudi arabia versus argentina argentina was one of the top five favorites to win this thing maybe one of the top three favorites in some people's book with messi one of the greatest of all time one of the things one of the only things that separates him from being in a category with pele and maradona is that he hasn't won a world cup so this guy wants to be here but He's starting off group play against Saudi Arabia. So what do you think his energy is going to be going into the first match in group play against a team that he thinks he should handle well versus the energy that these Saudi Arabian players are bringing. This there those guys were praying before the match, different prayers about helping them out, but also prayers of thanks for being on the same field as messy, So like their energy was at an all time high. You think about that going into these matches and some of these upsets are going to happen.
0: And it's crazy, too, that not only Argentina could get upset, but Italy, arguably, you know, one of the top clubs in the world who won the Euro recently, they're not even in the World Cup. They didn't even qualify, which is bananas. So it's for us, especially people listening to this podcast who are fresh to soccer, there's no better way to kind of get your sea legs than by watching the most elite talent in the world and the most important state age of soccer in the World Cup. So go to Amsterdam Tavern, watch it at home, whatever you can. But just I think this is a, a great thing to happen, Moon, before City officially kicks off because people can kind of dip their toe into the world of soccer by watching the World Cup.
1: For sure. Um, so we're recording this on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. And would you like me to give you a little bit of rundown of what's happened so far?
0: Yes, please.
1: OK, a little bit yesterday, uh, Mexico and Poland drew zero zero. France put on an absolute clinic against Australia, beating them four to one. Uh, France has been my number one pick to win it next to brazil and followed by spain then germany everybody saw yesterday why i've said all along argentina don't belong in the top five for uh, for chances to win this thing they got beat by Saudi Arabia, as we mentioned. Now, three goals were called back for being offsides. So Argentina did show a lot during the first half, but man, what an upset. So much, in fact, that King Solomon of Saudi Arabia declared today a national holiday after this <laughs> after the Saudi team stunned Messi. I mean,
0: really quick, can I just jump in? Think think about the gravity of that. That they made today a national holiday. That's how massive this is. That they wanted to etch it in their history.
1: Yeah. Absolutely wild. Now today, Morocco and Croatia started off the the early morning game and that was a nil-nil draw as well. Now that made the third nil-nil draw so far, which is a little bit different. In the 2018 World Cup, there was only one scoreless draw the entire tournament. So far, we have had three. So that's, that's a little bit of wild, but that does not mean that there's not excitement. Again, these are the best of the best teams putting on a show. It's incredible scoring or not just like hockey just like anything uh germany and japan then got started around 7 a.m central and what do you know another upset japan came out on top with a 2-1 win over germany and germany is absolutely incredible i got them in my top three or four but japan especially their goalie wow were they on this morning spain then put on an absolute show against costa rica and beat them seven to zero Holy smokes.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, it's been so fun so far. Is there anything you think with World Cup play, since this is the safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer, any sort of component of watching these games that you think that if someone is really new to the game and they might be unfamiliar with, that we could kind of dig into?
1: I think the announcers have done a really good job making it very, very plain speak and explaining as things go on. I mentioned Argentina having three goals pulled back due to offsides. Now, you probably know what offsides are, but you're not used to this VAR thing. Well, remember okay. the technology that sort of came into baseball where we could start seeing balls and strikes before we even saw the ump? We could see the uh, uh, the speed of the pitch and all that. That has made its way into soccer. And VAR is a video assistant referee, and it can be used during the course of a football match. We're talking uh, to assist the referee on any sort of clear and obvious error or serious missed incident. Maybe somebody got tackled away from uh, the play and they want to review it on VAR. Now, goals are reviewed. No goals are reviewed. That's if the ball crosses the line. And remember, in this sport, the entire ball has to cross the line for it to be a goal, or the entire ball has to cross the line for it to be out of bounds. That can all be checked with VAR. Penalties, non-penalties in the box. So when they're talking about offsides, if there's a goal, they want to check to make sure that Whoever scored it was not offsides. And Argentina, and I'm being by inches and sometimes fractions of an inch, had a goal, and VAR said, nope, you're offsides. That's what VAR is. You're going to see it a lot. You're going to see it in pretty much every league implemented uh, into these types of scenarios. So that is a video assistant referee.
0: And don't a lot of soccer fans hate bar? Isn't it kind of like a, a galvanizing thing to not like it?
1: Um, When it first hit the EPL, VAR was like, Everyone's enemy because it was like against the spirit of the game or against the the speed and the pace of the game because we just saw some amazing goal and then a celebration and then we would have to take it back and that Mm -hmm. would just like ruin hometown fans or hometown celebrations and all that of course it did affect. The momentum, the whole feel, and the whole spirit of of soccer being a continuous clock and continuous energy. But we've adjusted. Everybody's adjusted. And ultimately speaking, you have so many different famous goals that shouldn't have been goals because somebody was glaringly offsides. Or Maradona's hand of God where he won a freaking World Cup with a big old header that actually went off of his hand. Like These are all things that would have changed the course of history. And ultimately Everybody, I think, wants the best team to win. So you're, mm-hmm. you can't argue with VAR. You got to think of the millions, sometimes billions of dollars that are at stake. If a team gets knocked out of a league because of a bad call or a missed call, wouldn't you be in favor of VAR keeping your team up if that's the difference, or winning a World Cup, or losing a World Cup? And this guy was offsides. Don't you want the computer to catch it? I will admit it took some getting used to, and uh, man, people were really upset about it at first. But I think now it's a part of the game, just like just like the technology in baseball mm-hmm. and the, and the things in football. I mean, think about when instant replay came in. I don't even I don't even know what decade that happened, but I bet you it upset some people.
0: Oh, absolutely. I bet. Everybody is a little resistant to change, uh, but you hate it until there's a correct call that goes your team's way. And then you love it and you think it's the best thing on Earth. And I was actually looking it up, Moon, um, before we started because I was just curious. Whenever technology is implemented, there is there's, there's um, a demarcation of, of the improvements that's been made. And it says that VAR helped increase and correct key match decisions from 82 percent to 94 percent. So, wow. I mean, that that's a pretty significant increase in correct, important decisions that, that are there because of VAR.
1: Yeah. And I neglected to mention before, so Spain beat Costa Rica seven to nothing today. Belgium beat Canada one to nothing. And in the U.S. group, England ended up being, beating Iran pretty handedly. And then the U.S. played Wales and drew one to one. And one of the biggest controversies was there was a ball that seemed from every angle to be out of bounds and Wales threw it in when it should have been a U.S. ball. This resulted in a Wales goal that took two points off of our our win in the table and has us now tied with Wales for second. That's a big deal. Now, they didn't go to VAR on that, or at least I don't remember that. But if you look at different replays, you know, we're all over here here being upset. Don't we all want VAR now?
0: Yes, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Until it leans your way, that's, you know, everybody has an issue with something until it benefits you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a wild, a wild week in soccer. Um, I certainly encourage you to uh, to check out as many matches as you can. It's going to be going for the next couple weeks. It's going to be exciting. We've already talked about two giant upsets within the first three days here of, of play, our first four days of play. So what a, what a time to be a fan. And what a time to be a new fan. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
0: Well, uh, should we get to an email question? Uh, that's as part of the deal here, is It's a safe place for St. Louis to learn about soccer, and there are no dumb questions. So I feel like since we get so many, we should at least try to tackle one.
1: 100% let's do it. So
0: for those people who aren't aware of the email address, if you have any questions about soccer, about city, about the World Cup, or any feedback for us, shoot us a note at asksoccer101 at gmail.com, like Mark did. And Moon, here is his question. He says, hi, guys. I'm totally new to soccer, so my question may seem dumb. Mark, no dumb questions. But what is a, quote, good way to watch soccer, and what should I be paying attention to? Do I follow the ball the whole time? Do I watch the defense? Do I look for formations? Tell me the best way to consume this. Thanks, Mark
1: that is a great question like I said before give credit where credit is due and the majority of the announcers in all these leagues that you're seeing uh, including the World Cup for the most part there's been one or two misses uh, this World Cup so far but they're really great at explaining what's happening Uh, this guy running off the ball what a through ball that was and different player styles and how a formation may be affecting things what I would say is whatever excites you and if you're able to go to a match definitely try to take it all in watch some of these players you are watching Elite athletes that you may not be able to get the full scope of their talent by watching anything on television. So, if you're in person, watch it all. I mean, keep your head on a swivel and just be really looking out for anything that excites you. This is an exciting game that's fast paced everywhere. Now, one thing that I would say to look out for, if you're able to, is watch some of these strikers. Follow the ball. Uh, You know, the camera does a, a good job of following the excitement, following the ball. But if you're able to see some of these strikers like Messi, Messi is famous. And I mean super, super famous for being very calm, conserving his energy. But mostly, his head is on a swivel. It is constantly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He is a positioning master. The reason the guy is so skilled isn't just because of his footwork and whatever and his speed. It's because he always knows where to be. When you're watching the World Cup, watch some of these big names. The Ronaldos, the Pulisic's, the Messi. Watch some of these guys on and off the ball. Watch them after they give up a ball, after they pass, see where they go. After uh, Watch them. If, if they don't get a pass, they don't just stand there or just run in a straight line. These guys are constantly looking around and setting themselves up knowing that That, oh, if I'm here, I've got a step ahead of this defender and a step ahead of this defender. It's much more chessy than checkers. And the best players aren't just the best because of their footwork or their speed. It's because of their minds and that the way that they're seeing the game in real time. I would say if you really want to dig into it, that's what you look for. Other than that, sit back, relax, and enjoy the excitement.
0: Yeah, Mark. If you're super new, you can never go wrong following the ball or the puck in any sport that you watch. Following the ball is is always going to be the easiest way. But Moon, you're totally right. Once I think uh, people like Mark that are consuming soccer get comfortable with watching it, and you get comfortable with the game, that is one thing that always separates the elite athletes from everybody else is their instincts. You know, whether it's a center fielder and the jump he gets off the ball or uh, the anticipation. Of what your teammate or what the uh, the opponent is going to do, that's always something that uh, just like Messi really uh, helps separate the elite ones from the average Joes and Janes.
1: Yeah, the crazy thing is, uh, you know, you can get in this argument with diehard soccer fans: is it Messi or is it Ronaldo that's the greatest of all time? First of all, neither of those guys are. Again, are, are they going to be talked about in fifty years? Absolutely. But will they be talked about in the same way Pe- Pele and Maradona are? I'm not sure unless they win a World Cup. That's the big Mm. difference here. Now, are these two in a completely different uh, uh, universe when it comes to skill and everything? Maybe even compared to Pele and Maradona? No doubt. But I'm convinced that if you had the absolute intensity that Ronaldo has and the absolute instinctual sort of mind that Messi had and you put them together – we would have superman he would not be from this planet you can't have those two things and that's the big separating key for me is do you want this guy who's constantly just looking and watching and and assessing he's just a master assessor in messi or do you want this intense i will run through anything to get a win sort of ronaldo guy i want them both i love them both but i'm a manchester united guy so i've always leaned towards ronaldo but guess what as of yesterday Ronaldo is no longer a part of Manchester United. After a few tense days and months, I'm assuming you saw the big thing he did with Piers Morgan.
0: I did. Yes. So I had been working um, the National Sports Center on ESPN radio. And in addition to World Cup coverage, this, of course, was a huge storyline globally. So uh, for those who don't know, if you're new to soccer and you're maybe unfamiliar with Cristiano Ronaldo and the drama Moon, can you lay it out for us?
1: Yeah, so the Premier League team Manchester United uh, announced on November 22nd that the 37-year-old soccer phenom is leaving the club, quote, by mutual agreement with immediate effect. The update comes days after Ronaldo, who returned to Manchester United in 2021 for a two-year deal and had months left on his contract, claimed that he was being forced out of the team telling Piers Morgan in a bombshell interview that he felt betrayed by the club. The striker is currently in Qatar with the Portugal national team, so you're going to see him with Portugal He did make a brief statement and he said this quote following conversations with Manchester United. We have mutually agreed to end our contract early. He continued on and said, I love Manchester United and I love the fans that will never ever change. However, it feels like the right time for me to seek a new challenge. I wish the team every success for the remainder of the season and for the future. By the way, this came one day or so after Ronaldo became the first person to hit 500 million followers on Instagram. His fan base, his following just there is an enormous country.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's it's America plus.
1: But it is huge. I mean, when he came back to Manchester United in 2021, it, it was the biggest news in the soccer world. I mean, this was this was the homecoming. This was our prodigal son. I mean, this was just so amazing. I bought a jersey. I got a Ronaldo jersey. And with all this stuff, all this, you know, stepping into the drama kind of stuff, I, I feel a little conflicted right now. I'm I'm rooting for the guy. I think he's spectacular. I think he still has a lot to give. If you've seen, if you, the guy's 37. If if I had a body like that at 27, do you, do you know what? I I mean, I, I, I'd be, I'd be like, he's a mannequin. I mean, he looks like (laughs) he looks fake. He's, he does. He does. He's perfect looking. He's in incredible shape. And if he could go to any league, he'd still be a superstar in the best league in the world. And EPL and Bundesliga and some others, the guy can still give a solid 70 minutes and be an absolute game changer. So, I don't know where he's going to go because I don't know if any of these elite clubs that he wants to play for, so he can play in the Champions League and the multiple leagues through Europe, I don't know if they're going to want to take a chance on the drama. And yes. I don't think Ronaldo's ego is going to be okay coming to the MLS right away or, or or right now. So the MLS, I don't know if you've known this, but like there's been rumors that, that I that I've seen that uh, you know Beckham, who has a big stake down in uh, in the Miami team, has offered like ownership to Messi to come mm-hmm. down and play in Miami, which honestly. The way that Messi's career has gone the past couple of years, I can see being a real possibility these are these next couple of seasons, similar to what Beckham did, um, similar to what Pele did in the 70s with the New York Cosmos. You know, kind of come here in the twilight and really just be a superstar and, and impress everybody and enjoy the weather in, in yeah. the US, which is far better than England.
0: Yeah, make some money, hang out in Miami, not bad.
1: But Ronaldo feels like he should be captaining squads. He feels like he wants to play champions. League. so I, or, or that's what it seems. I don't know, Ronaldo. Um, never met the guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm
0: shocked that you, you guys aren't boys. I know. Uh, so hold on, Moon. What about this Ronaldo to City SC confirmed? What do you think? Can Yo. we like let that noodle for a second? I think he'd be <laughs> great in St. Louis.
1: I do too. I do too. I'm not sure uh, where what he's looking for uh, right now, but uh, man, I mean, it would just be so cool. I would love. I would love to see any of these guys in person. You, you know what I mean? I don't care if oh, they're yeah. 47. Um, I, I I would love to be in the same. Uh, in the same part of the planet as as these guys, because they really are the greatest of all time thus far. Um, and I, and again, I know the honor really is always going to stay with Pele and Maradona and those kind of guys because they have the World Cups. So I wish these guys well. They are in the twilight as far as being being uh, elite players, and if they're not surrounded by great teams, uh, a la Argentina. Um, Messi's gonna get upset and he's gonna go home again and I believe mm-hmm. he set the record I think this is his fifth World Cup um so I think he tied a record for for as many World cups as any any guy has played you know congratulations to them but man, buddy, you better start yelling at your defense or something
0: I also love uh, back to the Ronaldo response the statement is that the most classic breakup line of all time he's basically okay. like it's not you it's me even though i'm the one that went on pierce morgan and made my feelings known but it's not you guys i promise
1: yeah i wish the team every success for the remainder <laughs> of the season it's the uh we wish you great uh, luck in your in your future endeavors <laughs> Yeah, take
0: care take care it's not you it's me i just it's not that i don't think you're great i just don't ever want to be with you ever again but, but some, best of luck
1: yeah for, i mean for the most part he's been he's been um He's been good and diplomatic and and pretty smart. That that interview was a little uh, a little intense, a little loose, and it's really ill timing for his teammates because you know he's got some por- Portuguese uh, teammates as well that are on Manchester United. Uh, some stars even, and um, there's got to be there's got to be some weird tension in the locker room, and I think that's where all this stems from. Is they're trying to rebuild Manchester United has had disastrous uh, a couple years, gone through a multitude of of managers, and they're trying to get like a cohesive, just solid like mission back, uh, like it was in the old days when Ronaldo was first there. Everything that was leaking out of the dressing room is that Ronaldo was not helping that. I think he was initially because the energy was brought there, but uh, he was by all accounts not not helpful we'll just we'll just say that Uh, and, and that sucks because for a guy that's done so much for the sport and so much for his teams and so much for his country, you'd think he, he'd want to like leave a good taste and, and, and have a good impression left there. Um, so it's a shame, it's a shame to see that, but, um, I do, (laughs) I do wish him well in his future endeavors. (laughs) Seriously.
0: Absolutely. And I know it's not likely, but let's get Ronaldo to city trending on social media. I will start the change.org petition. Uh, I just think that he comes to St. Louis. He's the immediate star. It's a brand new club. He can put a stamp on it. There's no better place for you to be the number one person uh, than a team that's never even had a game before. You want to talk about legacy? I think his legacy is already set. But, like, maybe I could sweet talk him a little bit or we as a city could sweet talk him a little bit because that would be unbelievable. Not going to happen, but it would be unbelievable.
1: That would be awesome. And we do have, like, that intensity. You know, I mean, the whole (laughs) plan is to have, like, a super crazy, fast-paced, energetic, intense team. And that's what I've loved about the guy. That's honestly what I think a lot of people hate about him because he's so intense. He's constantly yelling and screaming and this and that. And he gets angry when he gets subbed off and he was crying after the World Cup last time. And guess what? That's who I want. That's who I want playing for my team. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is serious. This is serious. Literally serious business. So I want the guy that's angry, that's screaming at me, if I sub him off, because eventually he's gonna know that I probably made the right move. But I want him to want to be there. I want that's, him to be angry.
0: That's the Chris Carpenter, Yadier Molina type vibe. Like you better come out here and beat me up if you think I'm coming out of this game, because yeah. you're gonna have to drag me off the field. Like, can you imagine? I mean, look at Yadier. Anyone that would tell Yadier you have to take some time off, your knees are falling apart, he's like going on Instagram to blast the manager being like, I refuse to not play. And we love him for that. We love that he wants to want it. I mean, he's retired now, but we love that he wanted to play so much and that he had that passion and intensity for the game.
1: Yeah. And that's what I loved about Ronaldo. So um, we'll, we'll see where he takes that intensity or if he cools down a little bit.
0: Well, Moon, we did pack a lot into this episode, more than I think we even anticipated. But uh, thank you to everyone that listened. Moon and I will be back in action next week. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday with your family and watch as much World Cup as you possibly can during this time. And if you have any questions for us, shoot them over. Soccer 101 at gmail.com.
1: Yep. Watch as much as you can because this MLS season is going to be on us in no time.
0: Till next time, go!